Welcome to a new episode of the Cartridge Club, where we discuss our game of the month with members of the Cartridge Club community. It's Rocket Sauce here, and for the month of September, the Cartridge Club played Twisted Metal Black. Joining me on the show, we have Ryan and Andy from the Weekend Rental Podcast, and Tim from How Are You Okay? If you've played along, you can always share your own experiences in the Cartridge Club's Discord or across social media by using the hashtag Cartridge Club. Before I start the show, on behalf of the entire Cartridge Club community, I'd like to give a huge shout out to our Patreon Club backers like Joel Boyce, Barrett on Mars, Christopher Rohr, Dean Lasagna, Ross Ringo, and Caleb J. Ross. To our backers and Patreon supporters, thank you. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon supporter for the Cartridge Club, please look in how you can do so at patreon.com forward slash cartridge club. Overall opinion on Twisted Metal Black? Well, <clears throat> I got a lot of fun memories tied to it, and I think that's like the biggest thing for me. It's I don't know if it's my favorite Twisted Metal, but it's definitely one of my favorite Twisted Metals. It, it's a game where I really like the... Um, I like the fact that they tried something different, but they didn't stick to that for the entire like uh, entirety of the series. Like I'm a very big fan of the fact that like this is kind of a one-off, you know, Twisted Metal Black is kind of its own thing. And I, I know there's like a few entries that are like very close to it, but this really does feel like its own thing compared to, I feel like, any other game in the franchise. E- even, um, even the PS3 version, which is a bit of a heartbreaker, but we won't go there. No, um, we can. We can, absolutely can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no, I, I don't want to get off track by going off on like a Twisted Metal for PS3 could have been so much better than it was ran. But like, I feel like Twisted Metal 2 is like the best of that sensibility, like that dark, that, you know, darker storytelling, kind of keeping it's like, you know, creep show slash Tales from the Crypt kind of uh, sense of humor to its storytelling, um, while also keeping the gameplay exactly what you would expect of a Twisted Metal game. And on that note, I might argue that this is probably some of the best playing Twisted Metal I've ever played, if that makes sense. Uh, in terms of gameplay, I feel like this is like one of the smoothest. It's like one of the best for controlling your vehicle. It's there's a lot I love about this game. I, I don't want to go too off before we like start, but um, as an overall, yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> I was uh, really stoked when I found out you guys were doing this for the month. Yeah, so I recently just kind of uh, got into this game the last couple months and didn't play it a whole lot before that. But uh, I got to say it's one of my favorites out of the Twisted Metals because mechanically, I mean, it's it's probably one of the best ones. Just with the addition of Analog Stick, I think helps out a lot. And the graphics, of course, were a whole new level compared to the other PS1 games up, to, up until that point. Um, the storytelling, I did enjoy quite a bit, but I think, like Tim said, the the original ones had a little bit more of the humor to it where this one seemed like they really tried to go like oh no this is an adult game strip all of that out we're gonna make this as serious as possible all the graphics are gray and black but overall i think it's probably the my favorite twisted metal just because you got all the guys in there that you want to play as they all feel good to play and uh multiplayer Sure is a lot of fun in this game. 
So yeah, I got to say I'm I'm a big fan of it too. Yeah, I I'm a huge fan of this series. You know, I think like Tim said, I, I have a hard time topping two. I think Twisted Metal Two is for me the one I sunk the most time into. Probably the most played game on my original PlayStation, except for maybe Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. Um, but I think what's great about Black is that if you look at the history of Twisted Metal and how after single track kind of dissolved and how it fell apart and the sequels with 989 were so lackluster. Um, you had you had other people coming in, like games like Vigilante 8, that almost did it better, I think, on the PlayStation at least. Black feels like a true like return to form, like a reason to celebrate the series again. And I think it was kind of like the last time we got that feeling. It's just such a it's such a great package. It's like start to finish, pick up and play arcade action. It sets the tone right away. It doesn't mess around in terms of like difficulty. It's it's there to destroy the player and you have to be on your toes. And there's something really amazing about that as far as this game and the whole series, I think. Um, and yeah, like Andy said, just that, just that vibe, like just the way they went for it, you know, the grit, the dark graphics, maybe do its detriment a little bit. Like I think they downplay some of the power-ups um, visually that kind of take away, but as far as an experience playing, uh, this is this is right up there for me. Uh, I love this game. So, question for the cast here: Does mm-hmm. has anyone played this when it originally released, or is it more of a modern playthrough for for everyone? A little bit of both. I played this game originally, like when it came out, like when it was brand new. M- me and my friend Andrew, like my friend Andrew, owned the game. He was like that friend I kind of met that was like you know. It's like when you meet someone who like know has all your same interests, but they know way more about you than any of those interests. Uh, so he introduced me a little bit more to Twisted Metal, import gaming, and a lot of other things. But me and him used to play it a lot. We played co-op. We would like you know sit down for like hours unlocking every single one of the character endings, hidden characters. So like back when it came out, yeah, played it a lot. For the Cartridge Club playthrough, um, I. Gave it one full playthrough. Did not come close to beating it with every character. I thought I would do it with at least a few, um, but it's kind of like Ryan said. This game punishes you. This isn't like something you're going to sit down and maybe just breeze through in 20 minutes. It's uh, it's a lot more punishing than that. E- even the first level is more punishing than that. But a little bit of both for me, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, would I- say I'm more of a modern player of this game. Um, even the originals, I didn't play too much way back in the day, but not having that muscle memory the the difficulty really was punishing for me i think i made it to maybe the third level at most on on pretty much any character that i could i could muster so yeah it's it's pretty modern to me i'm sure if i had more of that experience in the old ones i'd probably get a little bit farther yeah and i i played it back in the day i you know these games were something i'd pick up and i would go through each character, you know, you want to see the next ending, unlock the characters. So I sunk a lot of time into it back then. I also was an early adopter of the network adapter for the PlayStation 2, and you got a free Swiss Metal Black Online disc with that. I won't say that was the greatest online experience, but it was kind of interesting to play around with it back before there was really an infrastructure for it. Oh, kind of neat. I felt so uh, I bought that adapter, but I never got that game. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that it was worth it. It was, I mean, it was neat, but I think by the time you got into those matches and the leg was just unbearable. That PlayStation 2 network infrastructure was so all over the place with no central hub like Live had or anything at the time. And then, yeah, playing it again, I, you know, 
fond memories of the game, but I hadn't picked it up again until this year um, when we replayed it. And uh, it's a whole different experience looking back on it. It's not exactly what I remembered, but the core gameplay still holds up. I I only reason I asked that because I rebought it recently for the PlayStation. I bought it on the PS4 because it was a sale for my PlayStation. It was like five bucks. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for the trophies. because I'm starting to become more of a, a trophy I don't know, whore, if you will, or uh, <laughs> whatever the expression is for, for trophy hunting. But I started playing on that, and I was not having the best experience. It, I don't know. It was just, I don't know if there was not the best port, or I, I, I couldn't save was one of the main reasons. And it, I found it, I know there was an option to select save, and I was selecting it. But the load game option was not appearing every single time I came back. I ended up doing some Google research on this, and they said this was an issue on the PS3. If you bought off the store for the PS3 version, didn't see anything about PS4, but I saw that it was a thing that was happening for people who were playing Twisted Metal Black on the PS3. Like I said, don't know if it carried over. After that, I kind of just didn't you know what I still have my physical copy. I'm gonna pop popping in my PS2, haven't had an issue. So I know how to save a game. I, I established that, <laughs> but so I for for the majority of this replay, I've been playing it on my PS2, which is my original physical copy. It's also the very first game I bought for my PS2. Uh, the main reason I bought a PS2 was because of the DVD player, and then with for the other option of hey, me, I'll try a game. I was a very big Nintendo N64 fan, so I got the GameCube first, and then. For a while of not having a GameCube and DVD being this new format, I kind of really wanted to try, see what what else was going out there. I also want to point out, if you ever go back and look at this, the year it came out, it's an incredibly stacked year for video games in 2001. You got Grand Theft Auto 3, Devil May Cry, I think Paper Mario's in there, Smash Brothers, Melee's in there, Jackson Daxter, Luigi's Mansion, Halo, Metal Gear Solid 2, it's like the wow. SSX tricky. It's yeah. it's literally the Tony Pro, Tony Hawk Pro Skater three. It's an absolutely stacked year for video games. But that was the very first game I played for PS two, and I thought it was a fantastic like entry to get me more into the console because I remember like that's that big draw. I think I remember my general history with it is I I, I think I might have played one of them one of the original ones because my cousin had a PS one. And we'd go by their house on the holidays. And I know he always tried to introduce me to games on the PlayStation 1. I just don't remember which one it was. And it didn't quite sink its teeth into me. This one did. And um, maybe it hit me at that right age of, you know, mid-teenager. That, like, just the dark side really appealed to me. That, like, these stories are messed up. And I don't know. It was, it just, like it made me want to play every single character to see their story. And it wasn't very, you know, it's eight essential worlds, right? And then it's over. And then you get the story. Great. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's enough to make you, the replay is very high. And there's unlockables and, like, areas that are unlocked by, like, I don't know, you can shoot down the, the plane, which then unlocks a character in the first level. It's It was just one of those things where it the draw, the, the character, you know, keep dangling from you to keep coming back was there. I believe, I believe I unlocked everything, but who knows? It's been such quite a while. And I only said because 
I thought I knew everything about this game, but then replaying it, it was just very much like like a, I don't know, like a reawakening for me playing this game. Uh, the difficulty, I remember this game being a lot easier <laughs> when I played it back in 2001. <laughs> this game was brutal. That was definitely, you know, I, I swear I played it with the standard controls too, with the analog sticks. I couldn't do it this time. I really could not. I had to switch. I switched it to run and gun for the option, which switches the, you know, I think the gas option still is, if you want to use it as one of the, the right analog stick, but I preferred using the R2 option to, to do gas and turbo. It just made my life so much easier. And the buttons uh, switching for weapons was so much easier. Anyone so, else kind of relate to that? I don't know. I, I'm kind of like, I, I had this weird thing where whenever a game gives me default controls, I just think in my head, oh, well, I'll just learn the defaults. I never think to like tailor it to my ends, right? Now that you've said that, I kind of want to go back in after we're done this and actually try that because that actually does sound a lot easier. Uh, I fell off so many rooftops. So <laughs> many rooftops. I, I, I am like you, Tim, though, or in my mental state for that is because I'm like the developer in their head said, this is the best way to play this game. So mm. I got to learn it that way because that's the best way. I couldn't. I, I literally tried for like over an hour and then switching to running gun as the option. It just became easier. At like I said, I do not remember ever doing because I've had that mental philosophy about sticking to default controls forever. Now that I'm getting closer to 40, I'm going to see if there's easier ways of playing it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I had not tried that method. Um, I know for like the first like hour or two, there was like a relearning period going back in the Twisted Metal Black. I don't know if you guys kind of had the same thing, but there was this period where it was like, uh, I would just sit down and think instinctually, okay, I know exactly what er all the sensible buttons are supposed to be. But they weren't moving forward. wasn't as obvious as I thought it would be. Uh, your default attacks weren't what I thought they would be. And when I think about them, I'm like, you know what? By that design standard of that time, it actually makes sense. But you would actually need to go back and like read the manual. I, I feel like the uh, otherwise you're like, you know, just you're learning it as you go. And I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just a sign of age for the game. I had the I had the exact same issue. It was a shock when I jumped in. I was struggling to figure out how to switch through weapons and go. And I think like I had that mentality of Twisted Metal 2 controls are just so burnt into my brain that I defaulted <laughs> back to that. And again, you know, like you were saying, I don't remember changing the controls when I played this originally, so I must have just adapted. But yeah, going back to it now, it took it took a few warm-up runs before I got the hang of it. And I didn't even realize you could switch it out. That probably would have helped me a ton, actually. Yeah, I should have tried that as well. But I really do appreciate in this one they have a rear view mirror. That helps a lot in this game because with the difficulty the way it was, I felt that if you got in between two other enemies, both of those enemies just made you the target. So yeah. my yeah. strategy was basically kind of just stay close to one person if I could. if I could, And keeping that rear view on to see if anybody else was around was a huge help. You know, speaking of that... Don't you feel like they aren't shooting each other? They're just all just no, driving no. around, spinning, spinning, yeah. spinning, pretending to hit each other the entire time. Okay, so it's not just me. <laughs> no. Yeah, in, in Twisted Metal oh, 2, oh. I distinctly remember you could watch them fight each other. You could watch the AI make mistakes and like kill themselves. And in this game, they're just all honed in on only destroying the player. And they 
very seldom screw up, it seems like. I just, I didn't want to like publicly come on here and start talking like a scrub, just being like, oh, it's not fair. The AI all attacks each other. They don't attack each other. It's like, it's a truce. But no, seriously, they do. They don't. Like in that, um, in the prison level, when you're kind of like locked with at least two characters, you know, for like the first minute or so of the stage. I have not seen them go after each other once. I, I every time I would fight one, the other would just hang off in the corner and do nothing. Mm-hmm. That that's the best compromise I would guess. Speaking of like that, did you guys have a favorite level? I'm only gonna say that. Speaking just relating to this whole topic, I kind of like the movie, the drive-in movie theater one. One thing else about this game too is it gives you sometimes options to select a level to choose what path you want to go to. And I remember the drive-through from back in the day i liked it because it was a small contained area literally just a circle that you can keep coming back to and i was like all right these guys aren't gonna hide from me i can just you know keep getting them that's kind of when i really noticed more of the these guys look like they're shooting each other but they're really not <laughs> where a guy literally I, I i clearly stay remember agent stone uh, i played a sweet tooth and and I just unloaded his special right away on Agent Stone, bring his health down all the way to, to a you know smidge. End up the entire time, keep going through, taking out five, six, seven other people. I see him again, still just that one little dribble of health, not once. And then as another example, multiple times where you see a guy, and maybe he might be one of the last people left alive. How does he have a full bar of health the entire time? How did you go this entire time out of all the people here? And you didn't get it once. And it's not just maybe one guy. It was multiple guys kind of like that. So I, I don't know. It really stuck out to me where I'm like, I don't remember this, but those joy foggy memories from the past, I guess, uh, blur that one out. So did anyone see the AI pick up health in this one, though? I don't know that I did. And I remember in other games they did. So that might be the one way they tried to balance it. I mean, it's still brutal. Um, but I don't recall seeing it. Well, they can pick up weapon power-ups, so... Yeah. I, I can, I can say I witnessed that. I can say I witnessed them take up mm-hmm. the weapon power-ups. Yeah. I can't say I've seen health, so... Like, I've had a couple of steals on both sides. Like, I've had stuff stolen from me and stuff, like, stolen right out from under the AI's nose, too, but I can't remember if health was ever one of them. But, I know, but I'm assuming if the uh, weapon pickups were... Maybe the health was? Should be possible, yeah. Yeah, that would yeah. make sense. Maybe that's one. Maybe that's one, like one payback, like one compensation for like the ridiculous AI is like, okay, we won't fight each other, but we won't pick up the health power ups either. <laughs> that's the compromise. That's all you guys. Speaking yeah. of levels, though, that I think that prison one is very cool the first time you play it because it's very cinematic on how it kind of progresses as you go along. But replaying that over and over that got a little bit repetitive because the map just gets so huge at the end that it's hard to find anybody. But I would say my favorite was probably the uh, winter one because it just seemed like it was more like a a game of chicken because it's so narrow that you're basically just (laughs) aiming for each other right down the row like high noon. So I thought that one was pretty fun. Anyone have a favorite character they like playing as? Through the game is it because their favorite the like the story they have or just their playability or their car that they drive 
Um, well, here's the thing. There are characters, storyline-wise, I probably like more who are on the weaker side. But any character I feel, especially going back to it, has low armor, it's a death sentence. Like Mr. Grimm, very cool story. Do I want to get shot up in under five seconds to figure that out, though? It's like... Um, I, I play junk... My full playthrough, at least going back to it, was Junkyard Dog. Um, is there a reason for it? Is it because the he's got the most armor? or uh, A balance. He wasn't like the most armor heavy, but he was strong enough to tank a few hits. He had a decent special. His handling wasn't amazing, but I wasn't expecting amazing handling from a Twisted Metal game. And I still got better, way better than what I expected. Plus his special. Oh my god. When you when you land that special, or you land in like the splash zone of that, and you just see like half or like a quarter of the opponent's health just evaporate it's satisfying very satisfying like i, I like playing sweet tooth but i mean just for playthrough I, I was really enjoying junkyard dog um almost everybody else even if i love the special i would just get destroyed way too fast because of the low armor count i guess my play style didn't adjust uh when i first booted it up i thought uh I'm more of a story guy in, in games, and uh, I've heard this game was really messed up at the stories, so obviously, you know, Preacher is probably the one with the most potential to get really messed up. So I, I tried my best at that, ended up, you know, not getting too far in the game, you know, but I ended up watching all the story beats later anyway. My second time around here, I went with Roadkill, basically because of the TV show, just He's a little bit more balanced overall, too. So I went with Roadkill. I just that's kind of my starting character on this one, just because his base stats are solid. His his superpower is nothing special, but you know exactly how it's going to work. Um, it's very straightforward. And in a game like this, where it is not going to give you the opportunity to stop and strategize much, um, he's got a good amount of speed maneuverability to just kind of keep going and keep that fight alive. That's kind of the one I usually always go to to kick it off. I do enjoy though, kind of some of the classic characters. Axel is always one of my favorites. Proximity that you need for his special isn't ideal in all situations in this game. And then Sweet Tooth, of course, I like the super in this one is top notch, um, but I just, I didn't get around to playing it this go through. I wanted to say for a second, I blinked out completely. There was a Twisted Metal television show on Peacock and I did watch it, and I did watch it. So when I'm hearing, you know, Andy bring up, oh, I played as Roadkill, I'm like, from, from the show, is there a cartoon that I'm forgetting about? No, it's <laughs> a recent show. At the time of the recording, there there is a Twisted Metal show on Peacock. So um, and it's so much better than it has any right to be, too. It does. So, yes, actually, hear, it's all right. Yep. I, I feel like I'm the only one of the four who has not seen this yet. Uh, just judging by all of the happy nodding heads <laughs> I can see in the webcam here, uh, I'm totally the odd man out. But uh, yeah, no, hear very good things. And I was very cynical about this, especially after that clip with like the thong song and uh, Sweet Tooth. I was like, uh, what's this going to be? But yeah, you, got, you guys are all saying it's great. It, I'll, I'll say this. It's it's better than it has. To, I wouldn't say it's great. Right. It's it's entertaining. It's entertaining. Okay. Not all the jokes hit. A lot of the jokes yep. miss on the show, in my opinion. But the premise is actually okay. I would check back another season of this show. I, you know, it's not the most. It's not my favorite show, but for what it served its purpose. 
it's worth a watch. I'd say I've seen much worse shows and I've seen much worse video game adaptations. You have me as entertaining. Yeah. I say, if you can Uh, get through that first episode, it gets better from there. That first one is pretty wonky, but I was going to watch that free episode on YouTube too. I'm glad you told me that I'll have to do it in a proper bench. (laughs) For this playthrough, I played as sweet tooth and it really is because I started as, as preacher preacher is, was the one that from my past that stood out to me as the most messed up. Like I said, I, I was just like, I'm going to play that one first. Cause that one was like, it burned in my head and it was one of my favorites, but he was at least from the first couple times trying to play it. I found it very difficult to play as um, sweet tooth for some reason, because of his special probably was the big draw. Why I went through this game as him. I mean, his story is pretty twisted as well. And in fact, you know, I think Tim, you brought it up as very much comparing it to um, Tales from the Crypt, and that's a pretty good, pretty good example of what this like the stories kind of are. Where he's one of the few people that doesn't get a bad ending. Where almost a lot of people get bad endings in this game because they're terrible or they did something bad. He does something bad, but he wins. <laughs> like he went in the long run. Even Calypso pays when you know for him. <laughs> Well, Calypso, um, like for every Twisted Metal game, I think ever, Calypso has basically been like a human version of like a monkey's paw. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, here's your wish. You get to be the king, and now the world's dead, so you're king of the ashes. Congratulations. I don't know. Like, I, I, it's funny because I'm starting to think of like certain endings, and I'm like, wait, was this a Tales from the Crypt of the episode, or was this like one of the previous like Twisted Metals? Not like a guy who had like somebody who had like another head sewn onto their the side of their body. I, I legitimately can't remember if that's one or the other. No, that's in this one. That's, uh, as I check the list here, that is Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket, where it's a, a son attached his self to his father. So, yep. Oh. Yep. Oh, yeah, the remote control. Yes. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So, I was not able to unlock any of these characters in my playthrough. Uh, I know there are quite a few unlockable characters from this game but still it's like i said from my playthrough it's still it was a pretty fun time going through this game and i still like sweet tooth story i mean i am afraid of spoiling the ending like he he's uh, a serial killer who uh sentence on death row and he gets a curse put on him so when he gets put onto the electric chair preacher comes puts a curse on him which sets his hair on fire which doesn't kill him on the electric chair which he then kills the cops who are in the room and uh, it gets, you know, he's basically his wish is that he wants the curse lifted, I believe that's on his head that, uh, but the Calypso curse is if he does, if he, you know, kills one more person, the curse will instantly come back and he chooses just to kill Calypso and deal with the fire in his head. So, and, and he's free to kill as many people as he wants. And that's the end of uh, sweet tooth story. It's I don't know it's brutal, but it's it's I, I guess it's fitting for the character, right? So, did any of you ever play as minion or or unlock minion? Nobody's a dickhead. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. No argument there. But when you unlock minion, you actually get the secret story background of Twisted Metal Black. Like everyone, you, you know how there's like a load screen every time it'll be like stage one of eight or whatever on like a road sign and you'll get like, you know, character portrait and like a little quote, like in the middle. 
and we should also say for the sake of listeners who haven't played this game that minion is he's he's the winner of the previous twisted metal challenge and you play him at the halfway point of the game like let stage four is the minion boss fight and he's got a huge tanker truck that's covered in a shield and literally has like almost everyone special i don't know if he's got everyone special but he's got like the flame torch he's got the ice bomb or freezes he's and you can't do any damage until you take it down the four panels on each side, which she also is great at drifting with this giant dumb truck <laughs> and trying to get every side of that shield off him is fun. So sorry, Tim. I just want to make sure people knew about Minion. Yeah, I thought you were gonna be like, for those of you not from for those of you younger listeners, a low screen is something that would happen in between <laughs> events of the game that would sometimes be represented by a small little bar that would grow larger over time, usually between one to two minutes. Uh sorry. But no, um, minion. If you if you go to those load screens, right? Like every one of them, it's it's not words, it's numbers. But there is a code to those numbers, and if you look at the actual code of it, you actually see what the real story of Twisted Metal Black is. Um, I don't know if you want me going further than that. No. Like, oh, okay, cool. It's it's a it's a over twenty year old game. Feel free, um, go ahead. So okay, so basically the idea is it's like okay, he's saying like. This isn't real. I'm using a code so he can't find me. You're getting all these really screwed up, like kind of almost fourth wall breaking comments when you actually decipher the code. And the last one is that the guy's name is Marcus Kane. So the idea of basically Twisted Metal Black, at least from what I put together so far on it, because I actually didn't figure out what that code was until earlier today while I was doing like a little last minute research on this. The idea is the whole thing takes place in Sweet Tooth Set like all Twisted Metal Black. The reason why this is the one game that kind of has that tone while most of them really don't. The reason why there's a few contradictions in the story that don't fully make sense. The reason, you know, the reason for basically all of this is that um, this is just a story playing out in Sweet Tooth's head, right? Like there's Marcus Kane and then there's Needles Kane. It's like Marcus Needles Kane, right? That's, that's Sweet Tooth. The, the idea is that Needles is like the Sweet Tooth personality and Marcus is a person and the idea is like, like you see Minion, he's got like a bull's like or a bull's head like hollowed out and on his head. It's like basically Marcus in hiding, speaking in code, trying to reach out and explain what's actually going on while not being found out by the actual person in the driver's seat right now, which is Needles. That's right. Every one of these characters is essentially just like a different part of his personality. I figured that that's so, well, like I said, I. I don't. I can't say I think I've ever unlocked him, but I, when I was also doing the research, I noticed the two names that they had the same last name. And I figured that maybe they're just related at some point, and there's some cool story to it. This one's more interesting. Yeah, well, they're traditionally. I know in like Twisted Metal lore, there's supposed to be a tie. Like Yellow Jacket was uh, supposed to be Twist uh, Sweet Tooth's father, at least in most versions of it. Like Yellow Jacket in this one is like the kid with the remote controlling his father, right? Mm-hmm psychotic love interesting translation if you think about it from like everyone's a different part of his personality but usually that was his father like even in the original twisted metal there's like there's an ending from like the live action ones which you've never if you've never seen oh my god google <laughs> twisted metal live action endings it is a treat it is a 20 minute treat but like there's a scene where they literally talk about that it's like oh my god like you know i can't believe like i've never seen anyone drive like that i can't believe you're the father of that lunatic in the ice cream truck I, I also went down that road of like trying to dissect the entire Twisted Metal lore between all the games. 
-hmm. And it's a wild trip because when you think about the premise of the games is everybody dies except one person, right? So how do you keep a story going between that? So there's a lot of retconning and there's just a lot of guesswork on a lot of people's thoughts on these games. But um, yeah, the Charles Kane, the Marcus Kane, all that stuff seems like the main through line. Mortal Kombat rules. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Even 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 through the case of going through multiple ladders and an ending per character, like straight up Mortal Kombat rules. Mm-hmm. It's okay if they die; they'll come back. Does anyone have a favorite character or story? Even if you don't like play as the character, but I know a few of us have probably watched the endings or played it before in the past. That you know, I, I know we mentioned Preacher, but yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anyone um, want to bring him up his story or? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Preacher, oh man, his ending is so dark. Once you get to the end of it, well, I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell the 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 premise of the story where oh, he, yeah. you know, he's locked up in in the asylum, and his main reason why is because his playthrough is that he was just doing an exorcism, and the demon from the baby that was possessed possessed him, and it killed everybody in a church. And when the cops showed up, he was the only one left alive, and he. That's a story, and they locked him up in the asylum. You later find out, after winning the, the contest with him, that there was no, it wasn't a, a you know, it wasn't a um, exorcism. It was a baptism, and he just went insane and killed everybody in the church. Calypso, he, he had the thought that Calypso would reveal to him that, like, yes, let everyone know that he was innocent, but in truth. He was not. He just said he would just reveal the truth of what happened. That no, you did it. You killed everybody, and no. that leads that leads the priest to kill himself, and that's how it ends. He jumps off a roof into a car, which, you know, the one thing I always also say related to music with this game is some of the music in the background is pretty good, but nothing hits more than hearing "Painted Black" by the Rolling Stones at the you know end <laughs> of this game. But every dark story, how it ends, it's got. It just that one, especially to me, always just hits like perfectly. I I, I want to talk about the intros even because the uh, intro to the asylum. I love how they rendered just basically one cell. Mm-hmm. Every single person mm-hmm. is from that exact one cell in this in this gigantic building. Ooh, slow zoom on like that <laughs> one still shot of those two still shots of Calypso. Is everyone everyone's got a window with a cross in it, right? Like a cross window <laughs> yeah. in their the room too. I just keep laughing at the brimstone thing, like the the preacher. It's just because basically it's like, yeah, no, it's like no, a uh, demon possessed me. It's like no, you just killed a room full of people and you blamed a baby. At someone mm-hmm. point, I remember reading about this. That someone pointed out, and I missed, I missed it. Must have missed it. But outlaw apparently still has got his tactical gear with uh, like gas grenades inside the asylum too. Apparently in a. <laughs> his story so but hey this is uh you know 2001 you render I, a I model just, and you stick with it yeah you're not making two you know <laughs> that's I not just, in the budget that's not in the budget this time so i just keep getting this image in my head of like when the cops came in on the preacher him just being covered in blood and being like it was the infant <laughs> that was like well, basically the story Although I did love that little, it did have the best audio sting where it goes like cuts the twisted metal black. You know how like every ending cuts with the title card. 
but a few seconds after his title card, you hear like the impact of him like hitting like mm-hmm. R from up on the roof. I'm like, that's a nice touch. It's, it's the little things sometimes. I was watching some background, you know, because there's a lot of deep dives into the lore and stuff. And apparently, like the preacher storyline was a huge issue between developer and Sony because originally, like that story full on had preacher on rendered drowning that baby like in in the cutscene and they had to <clears throat> compromise to make it okay to publish this game as a what did it, what did it get is this an m game or is it teen yeah. i don't even know it's m it's, it's m. the first m in the series right yeah i one second <laughs> Back and i think i think that's one of the big differences between this you know m can can range quite a bit you know uh, halo is an m game but it's certainly right. not even in the realm of this yeah. type of seriousness you know it is m it is most definitely m yeah definitely earned it for sure his story i think even starts off preacher's start story starts off with is like i'm not even really a like a, a preacher or something like that i'm an evangelist you know but <laughs> it's that was just funny yeah <laughs> i'm not even a real preacher <laughs> like that's good. That's that's actually good. Um, but but yet he's the one who puts the curse. Like you said, probably not creating another. Probably not creating mm. another design. They're like, ah, eh, we got another. This is close enough. Just put this guy's rendering in there to put the curse on Sweet Tooth's head. So that's why I meant by the contradictions earlier. Because like, if you beat with the preacher, it's like, okay, yeah, you were never possessed. But like, if you were never possessed, then how were you able to put like this curse on a serial killer? Um, yeah. I don't know. Those two things didn't make sense to me. But again, if, if you go through the head of like, oh, yeah, this is all through the mind of an insane person, then you can really get away with any contradiction in the story you want. Well played, David Jaff. Well played. Sorry, this was David Jaff, right? Yep. I think so. Yep. Okay. Okay. Who is that? For I, as, as someone who's not familiar, can you tell me a little bit about David Jeff? David Jeff, isn't he the guy who? He did I, I don't want to see something incorrect and embarrass myself on a public podcast, but I was like ninety percent sure he is the same dude who made God of War. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, first, the first two, I think he he directed. Yeah, game director. Yeah, game director for this game was David Jeff. Yeah, because he did the first two, and like you said before, nine eight nine studios took over after uh, three and four for three and four. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah, and then he got control of it again for Twisted Metal Black and gave us well, yeah, one of the best ones. I can't help but think because there hasn't been a new Twisted Metal Black since or not Twisted Metal Black there hasn't been a new Twisted Metal since what, 2015? Yeah. Yeah. And I know Timmy, you you had all the praise in the world for it at the beginning of the show. You know, I do want to rant a little bit about it because I love Twisted Metal Black so much that like I bought, you know, the new one right away on day one, and I tell you how disappointed I was with that game. The follow up to this one, and the, the fact that I the controls I think were reversed for that was like one thing that stood out to me right away when I played it. That and the fact that there was only three playable characters, and everyone There's had four. like three up. Three story campaigns. Three story campaigns. Yeah, but but you have three playable characters, right? With like a partner, right? Is that I'm just going off of 
I, I immediately traded in this game about after a week of how much I hated that game. That sounds about right. I think what made me more mad than that, though, is the fact that there were like point based racing levels instead of just car combat. Like that doesn't need to exist in Twisted Metal. I think that game was one of those titles that was like a budget title that tried to punch maybe a little above its weight class, but um, like they either should have gave the game a little bit more money to do what I feel it was really trying to do, or otherwise, you know, maybe leave it be. Yeah, <clears throat> oh, I know only- its origins were a smaller online only release. It was just going to be a PlayStation online store exclusive game, not a full fledged, and Sony really pushed and then it became kind of this bloated incomplete thing that it never was meant to be. And I think that's really what happened because they knew it would sell right. Twisted metal still had a reputation. Yeah. It felt like they could have like, it, it was on the right track. I love those cutscenes. I just yeah. wish there were more stories of them. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you could have just given us an updated Twisted metal black, kind of like that in that style, which this kind of was at that same level of um, what I like to call them grim dark in it. But, um, yeah, it just felt like one of those games that, like, it, you, it, you could see where the compromises were all over the place, where the padding was. Um, I didn't feel that with other Twisted Metal games. I know there's been some rumor to, and we're probably going to do the CC effect here, there's some rumor to a new game in the, the series being in development, but the developer has switched hands a couple of times now. Like, one studio is working on it now, another studio is. I would think the one that was working on that PlayStation, whatever generic racing game, online racing game one that bombed for play, uh, Sony. I think they were working on it, but they stopped working on it to work on that game. I can't help but feel that like this could work. This just battle online battle arena give you like Mario Kart battle arena options. Maybe give you car options, character options. Just make it an online only game where it can be free to play. I like I said, if they did like something like that, I think it'd be a huge success. Maybe like um, a lot of those games online that are free to play have that format basically where it's your PUBGs or your um, Fortnites or now where it's literally just something to pick up, quick game, battle it through. Like even F099, which just came out, is basically just a battle to the final, right? Who the winner is. Make something like that, make it a big battle royal. I would say don't customize the characters. I, I would hate that, but maybe just make a lot. Use your whole active roster for what you can, and then maybe just give a bunch of options for your cars, like different weapons or heavier cart. The Mario Kart philosophy where it can change it. Because I I think this online battle royal would work. They would just have to probably figure out how do you make money off of a free-to-play game. Maybe it's just something that's like, hey, it comes free with being part of the PlayStation Network. I don't know. But I I think the franchise could work. I would love a story. Maybe use that as a tutorial mode. Maybe like a quick thing where you learn every character's story by just doing like a four player training you know four stage training mode but then after that like you can just play online because i think this franchise it has a, a history and you know i would hop into it for a free play game because i don't know if i would want to play twisted metal black on a four player screen on a crt television uh at this at this age in life right yeah i feel like with that franchise they have to be at least heavily considering dropping a new entry, right? Or why not do the nostalgia grab thing? They still own the rights to all of the first four games plus black. Like do a bundle. 
I mean, historically, those don't always end well. I mean, you know, the the GTA trilogy wasn't exactly what everybody wanted, but there's a lot of kids who don't even understand what a car combat game is anymore because the genre died pretty much around this game. I mean, yeah, we got the one for the PS3, but that didn't really turn any heads. So be like, I'd like oh, to see like some Rocket League. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Be like, okay, think of like Rocket League, but you kill each other instead. <laughs> I mean, it Come was on. sells itself. I, I mean, exactly. it's a simple pitch. Yeah, I know I, mentioned, I know I mentioned Mario Kart before, but Battle and Mario Kart used to be a half to draw the Mario Kart. Now Mario Kart's really just all about the racing. Where I, I think the last time I played Battle was on the GameCube, right? So, mm-hmm. like oh, this yeah. is this is ripe for the taking. This this title right here, which can inspire many other knockoffs, is ripe for the tanking. You just and maybe Sony wants to get it right because they know like it's a franchise. You can merchandise, 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 sweet tooth on all the stuff you want, or uh, maybe make figures and whatnot. But like this, it's there. Like you know, it, there's something there. Mm-hmm. You just got to execute show. it correctly. You know, you got to find out what's the that's the thing that's gonna keep bringing people back in. Yeah. Well, if the show was really the hit, I'm like hearing it is like that might really bode well for us maybe seeing a new game you know if there's enough public interest to make it then it's like a bigger brand and sony might be like okay you know the show's a hit we need to make a new game now i maybe that's me being optimistic but you know it'd be great to see for sure yeah yeah you would certainly think that's what's in the you know ahead of a marketer over at sony right now that if they're dumping money into a tv show why wouldn't you piggyback that on something but well, at least you can say now that if you do see a Twisted Metal collection come out, it'll be like them testing the waters. I, I don't know. Would they, would they be able to get three and four into a collection with one, two, and black? Would you I, want it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. I think they would because 989 was their in-house studio. So, And I understood that when Single Track broke, the IP was fully owned by Sony. So I, I think they could. Okay, so they subcontracted ninety nine. And they dissolved ninety nine internally. So they, I mean ninety nine didn't go anywhere, they just quit developing under them. For everyone's history again for this game, is this the best entry in the series or is it two? Because that's kind of was the whole debate, even deciding the game is do we play two or 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 black? And black ultimately won because we just did Ape Escape for the PS1, so it's just a little switch up change up to so it wasn't just back to back PS1 games. That was one of the main reasons why. Is two the better game or is black the better game? Because I always kind of heard like that, those are the debate of which one's the best. My opinion would be that <clears throat> technically black is the better game, but two was more fun. I had more fun. It, it not just like more fun to play, I felt, but like it had a better sense of fun than black does. Like that campy humor was still a little bit more there. The music was a little bit more upbeat. And I mean, I got a few things to t- say about the music, but I know we haven't got there yet. But just the endings, the voice of Calypso, like there's no voice for Calypso in black. That stood out to me. True. Just a bald guy with a scar, a scarry eye. Yeah, because you kind of got used to this big, boisterous, hello and welcome to Twisted Metal sort of voice and you're like yeah all right like let's go like this this is campy you're like you're reveling in the cheese i'm on board let's go yeah twisted metal 2 had a lot more of that i mean i know the controls are rougher compared obviously compared to black but i had more fun with that one i guess that'd be my answer 
I think I'm going to go with black. I I don't have as much nostalgia for the old ones as a lot of other people who have played them. I think I would enjoy the campiness more than I did in this game because there's none. <laughs> it's completely there's serious no in this game. In this game. <laughs> yeah. But overall, I mean, it looks better. It's bigger. It's It runs at 60 frames a second really nice. You know, it's... It's a very good running game. So I think I'm, I'm going to go with black. I I can't turn off the nostalgia factor for two. I mean, I, I just like the way two plays better. I, I, I like the Calypso, as you pointed out. Just the tone and everything. To me, the silliness was more there. But I can't fault anyone for saying that black is a better game because I think it just kind of depends on what you're looking for and how it hits. So they're both great. For me, I mean, the only, only I can only say black. In in like I said, I've only really played two games in the series. It's black and uh, PS3, and um, I'll say black is uh, the better entry. I keep hearing good things about two, so I mean to go check it out because I, I mean, like even, I, I mean, this is I think one of the points I was trying to that I forgot about that I just remembered right now. Even maybe doing something like more of a, I don't want to say cartoony, but even like a cell cell shaded option for maybe the new one would work. I say that because when I started playing this one, replaying on the PS4, and granted it's HD, you know, they clean it up and it's, I don't want to say it's 4K, but it's 1080p, 60 frames. It looks and runs smooth, great. The only part about it, it's very, very, very dark. You know, not saying pun intended with like the story or anything. It's but it's kind of hard to see where everyone's going around, especially in that first level where it's like the part where the rain comes down and everything. I'm like, geez, you know, like and you can see the arrows in the distance, but like then just like your your draw distance was very hard to see on this PS4 version. Now playing it on the PS2 with the CRT, honestly, the like it had better lighting or I could actually the draw distance. I can actually see a better draw distance for me. It was easier to play for that reason. Maybe with a newer option like i said maybe maybe going to more of a cell shaded option or something like that where it would be a side you know maybe 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 you could bring in more of a younger audience too or like a teenage off you know where it's not such a dark story but i like i said the one thing i wanted to point out for me at least replaying it here that stood out to me was how dark this past version was and it kind of hurt the experience for me until i played on the ps2 yeah I, I ran into that exact same issue too because i i played it on the ps2 but i also started playing it on my ps3 version and yeah it just the textures and the the colors just muddy itself to the point where you're not picking up hardly any detail and again that's where i struggled with you know the minimalist weapon color design because it all just kind of blurred together on on the screen uh yeah it, it definitely needs to be Played on a good CRT, I think, to have the visuals work in the way they intended. So, aside from "Painted Black" by the Rolling Stones, why don't you tell us a little bit about the music, Tim, for this game? So, here's the thing. Okay, like my intention initially going back into this was to dunk on the music. My intention, even maybe going into this podcast earlier this morning, was to dunk on the music. My opinion has softened. It is serviceable. It is a very serviceable soundtrack. I could not 
pick a song out of the air that couldn't have been from a generic like 2010 2000s uh, action movie horror film and, and i'll give it this it's versa it's a versatile soundtrack you know what i mean it, it's a soundtrack that could fit very well in an action film or a horror flick but for a twisted metal game it was just i, I don't know it it, it didn't really it, it was fine i have no problem with the actual soundtrack it's just it's so unmemorable to me if that makes sense how much of the budget do you think went into just paying for the Rolling Stones rights to paint it black? That's the, oh, for yes. the game's budget. I bet you it's like half the budget. Most of the budget for the soundtrack went. Holy shit. I was even surprised, honestly, on for the repurchase from the PS4 version that that was still in the game. Honestly, because I would have thought they probably just left it out because of royalties, mm -hmm. but it's still in the game. So maybe there's yeah. like some kind of contractual right that any release in the future will contain this because I don't think Rolling Stones songs are cheap. Oh, I know, like them, like the Beatles, and you know, anything like that. It's gonna cost you. So well, back like, in the day, and you hear it in the intro when the game fires up. You hear it right before the load screen, before it goes, dun -dun, you know, like into a really deep beat song. But then, like I said, in the in the credits, the post credits, you hear it again in its entirety. So, oh, 100. Like back in the day, if you used the Stone song in like a commercial or something, that was a status thing. It was because you had the money and you were a big enough company to be able to license the Stone song. Sony definitely fall under that for sure, but like <laughs> maybe um, it's maybe Sony has like the recording studio rights for the Stones, and maybe that maybe that's some kind of budget deal that they get to use. But or pictures of Mick Jagger, yeah. <laughs> God, can you imagine what kind of pictures they would have to be to shame Mick Jagger? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, like the music was. I don't know. Like outside of Paint It Black. I mean, does anyone really, does anyone remember a song? Like, I'm genuinely curious. Does, do any of you, can any of you say, oh, yeah, that track from, like, uh, the snow level or, like, uh, the freeway level. Like, oh, that's my jam. There's a hey. lot of stuff that just sounds like somebody's trying to be Trent Reznor on a lot of these yeah. tracks. <laughs> I would describe it more as generic butt rock is kind of how I feel about most of the background music. It's just, it all blends together. It serves a purpose. It's fine. But, yeah. Nothing jumps out. You know, that that was the perfect description. Just generic Trent Reznor. Um, yep. it, honestly, just hearing that, it reminds me, I don't know if you, I don't know if anyone's a fan of professional wrestling. One thing it stands out to me about that is it kind of reminds me of, if you ever go back to watch classic ECW wrestling on whatever network on a replay, where they completely take out the real music from like Pantera, they take out Nine Inch Nail, or what, they Metallica. take out, yeah. You know, they take out NWA, they take them out, and you just hear like the most generic version of like a Metallica, like just crappy NWA, just like just generic rap music playing over New Jack's entrance. And it just it it hurts it so much because it's not, it's not, you know, it's not that same thing. It's it's part of part of the draw for ECW was that they had actual music that they weren't paying the rights for at all. They were just doing it. Yeah, they found a legal loophole for like art. They were categorized as like art performance, and that's the only reason why they could use it for live, live wow. events and whatnot. They could not use it. That's why, like, for this reshowing on a wrestling streaming service, they are not paying the rights to hear you know the same exact uh, as it originally aired. So you're, that's you're, you're legally safe, Ice Cube. Yep. <laughs> so I was but, gonna say they need to bring back what they didn't for. Uh, like I, I know you can crap on it, but that game had a like 
okay, I, you can say what you will about Rob Zombie being like a playable character in part four, but I love the fact that they brought licensed music a little into it. Like they had that, they had Cypress Hill, um, and some of my favorite levels were the ones with vocal tracks because um, I don't know if any of you guys are big anime fans, but I can tell you for a fact that any moment in any game or any piece of media is just, oh, it's just so much better when you add a vocal track to it. I don't know what it is exactly, but like... Licensed music was a good direction, I think, for Twisted Metal. It wasn't a bad idea. Is but, it is yeah. it, it kind of like a like Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack kind of thing where it's like... Uh... It's a franchise I think had the potential to be. Uh, but because it's probably always been on a micro budget, I, I think even 3 and 4 were on like were considered budget titles, right? They don't really want to shell out the money to license songs. Like I'm amazed that they licensed one Rolling Stone song. They probably could have got like five cheaper songs for that. Yeah, Keith Richards yeah. would be a pretty good Twisted Metal character. <laughs> oh my god yeah. he doesn't die he just doesn't die <laughs> he's like he just has an area effect attack where everybody's controls just get wonky nothing makes sense left <laughs> is right up is down is there anything about the gameplay that really stands out that's special that's kind of unique that other franchises don't have well there were those special attacks not not like the special one that every character has right that just kind of recharges over time but the ones that you need like a button combination to do like, you know, freeze, shield, uh, there was uh, mines you could drop, a rear attack. So, so Tim, I've had all these done to me. How do I oh, yeah. do this to the characters in the game? <laughs> I think for freeze, it's just up, down, up. Do you have to have a weapon to do it, or you just press the button combination and it does it? Well, you know, in the, you know on your status bar, there's like that extra bar that's above the turbo bar. Uh-huh. That's the bar that you get drained from. Uh, each one depletes a certain amount and i think you only get them for life i'm not sure uh, maybe someone else can tell me if they recharge throughout the level i i didn't notice it but yeah i can't recall on this one i know it did in two but i didn't pay enough attention in black here yeah but yeah like it was um it was a thing where if you put it in, let's see there was um like the shield which was maybe like a five second shield or something not big but if you're suddenly getting like you know swarmed by five guys you can right you hit right right down down It'll only, it'll only save you for like four or five seconds tops. But if you're suddenly swarmed and like your your health is about to just like take a nosedive, then it's a great save. Especially um, if someone's got that fire tank or whatever they just, you know, the fire torch. That one really oh, seems to drain me hard. If, if you're really good with the timing, if you can like save yourself from like those zoom missiles or anything like that, it'd be great. But uh, there were a few others. Uh, maybe, maybe you guys can fill in the blanks because I don't remember them fully. Because I know there was a rear attack. And there were mines. And it's funny because you bring this up and I had completely forgotten that this was in black. I, I used them all the time in two. And in fact, in two, there was the one you could do homing napalm, which was amazing. And then you could also use minion super. And I, upon revisiting this, just assumed that because I didn't remember that this wasn't available in black. It was only, again, after doing research to sit down again today that Oh yeah, those codes very much existed and would have been super clutch in my playthrough. Oh. I completely forgotten about, especially that freeze. Like, get you out of a pinch in the shield. Those things are, those things are super critical at, at key points in the game. Oh, freeze just to put away like that one last pesky enemy who keeps like going around you. The fast characters actually are kind of annoying in this, but. Is one yeah. of them like ram by chance? Because I kept having like characters just ram me brutally hard, or is that just from doing double tap with the turbo? Well, yeah, even if you're playing like Dark Side with like Dollface, um, mm -hmm. or like you know the big the big ass um, semi, 
you can freeze someone and just smack right into them. It's actually really satisfying when you do that too. It's I'm not gonna lie. Probably would make this the minion fight a lot easier knowing that. So it's just another one of those like little layers that really make this game something special. You know, almost like a car combat equivalent to a, a street fight or not a street fighter, but like a fighting game with depth. You know what I mean? There's just more under there than the surface level. So if you're the person who dives into it, if you figure out those mechanics, it really opens up a lot of gameplay options. The meta. Final thoughts on Twisted Metal Black. Andy, what are your final thoughts on Twisted Metal Black? I think it's a great game. I think uh, I would recommend it to anybody to try this game out first. I think it works. It's a good introduction, other than the difficulty is pretty tough. But I think it's modern enough where you're not going to have the people that, you know, get a little bit hokey and don't understand the controls without DualShock and stuff like that of the old ones. So I think this one I would recommend to pretty much anybody to try. If you have not played a Twisted Metal one, this one is one to try. Yeah, just probably not for children. Tim, what's your final thoughts on the game? Final thoughts? Well, it's... I, I probably have to say, it, I feel like technically, on about five different fronts, it's probably one of the best Twisted Metal, but it's not one of my favorites. It, it's like I acknowledge the controls are probably better than most, frame rate especially for when it came out on the ps2 is just beautiful uh I, I think it was like one of those better like earlier examples of showing off of what the ps2 could kind of do at, at least frame rate was i think it's the best looking twisted metal to this point but i really lament the lack of fun that this is missing compared to the other ones in terms of like just a sense of humor the sense of humor is partially what made the other games for me and i know this has some of that still it's just, um, I don't know, it's, I, I enjoy, I, I, I love it, I appreciate it, but if you put this between, if you, if you put this in two in front of me, I would probably pick two to play, if I had the option. Well, for spinoffs, Jack X Combat Racing, if you have a PS2. Um, I don't think the game's ever been remastered, but it's basically like, they took the Jack and Daxter games and made like a Twisted Metal clone, but gave us a whole new Jack and Daxter story with full cutscenes, and it's pretty damn damn great outside of that i mean for twisted metal if you, if you ever get a chance and it's not too expensive uh, i will advocate for twisted metal 4 i know most people won't but something between like the corniness of it the soundtrack the needless inclusion of rob zombie which kind of makes it amazing both in soundtrack as and as a playable character no one and that's about it. There, there's ones I've always wanted to play, but I never got to touch. I, but I hear Crush Hour is trash, so I'm not going to promote it. Is that the child one? The, that's like, small the kitty, brawl. The, small brawl. Uh, does anyone advocate for that one? It looks cute. I've never touched it. I, I really want to play head on. That's a major blind spot. That one's great. Also, yeah, it, it looks great. I've only seen gameplay footage of it. And I know that's where officially they finally released the live action cutscenes for the first twist of metal the unreleased ones from the original game mm -hmm. so for multiple reasons i want to get my hands on that for sure but no that's about it we need more car we need more car combat games it's a dying breed we just need that one game to bring it back like i don't know street fighter 4 did for fighting games you know just that one thing to break the ceiling right what's your final thoughts on twist of metal black yeah i think i align pretty closely with tim i, I kind of hold same lens on it I, I love black i think it's great two will always be 
my favorite again because it's got that goofiness and it's got that camp to it. I like the darker tone of black and I love the way it plays. I love the experience and just the brutality of it. Um, but the fun of, of two is always going to be better in my opinion, as far as offshoots uh, or similar games that I think people should play. So when single track lost the rights uh, and it went to nine, eight, nine, they, some of that team put out a game called rogue trip. Um, they actually have it on the jewel case. You're going to play the name or the game. Um, they were taking shots at three when it came out. They put together a really fun Twisted Metal 2 feeling card combat game where there's a little bit of a twist where you're picking up tourists in this post-apocalyptic future and you're using um, them getting good shots on your little tour deliver or tourist delivery system to get you better power-ups. I will say that game falls apart in the last third, but the first two-thirds of that game, if you're a Twisted Metal 2 fan, that game is something you must play. I also really like the first Vigilante 8, specifically on PlayStation. I wouldn't recommend it for 64, but I think the first Vigilante 8 is excellent. Completely forgot about Vigilante 8. Uh, um, can I ask you a question, though? Did they actually have that on the, on like the front of the, uh, the packaging or like the front of the um, box art? You either play yeah. the name or the game? Yeah, it was a little, uh, little. it looked like a sticker, but it was just a little red blip. And it's like, yeah, well, would you really play the name or the game? They immediately oh, took fire at Twisted Metal. And such a historically, good I hate 989 Studios, so I loved that. I 989 Studios, to me, flushed every franchise I loved in the PlayStation down the toilet, including what they did with Twisted Metal. I hate what they did with Jet Moto. The list goes on. Uh, cool Borders, they ruined everything I loved about the PlayStation. I mean, I know they made a lot of quality games too. I'm not going to knock Siphon Filter or any of the sports games, but uh, they they mishandled a lot of my favorite early PlayStation franchises. That's fair. Although I oh, named the game. That's such a good line. I'm sorry. Like I never knew they did that. That's A plus. <laughs> awesome. No notes. Zero notes. As for my final thoughts, I think the game still is great. It was a little bit of an eye opener again, just because of the difficulty. Uh, from how I played it, but hearing just now on the show that this game actually had special attacks that involved combat button combinations, like that's incredible. Like I said, for what it is, like, just like Tim said, like, it feels like this genre can succeed, it just needs that next game to break the ceiling, you know, let the floodgates out and. We got this again because this is fun. Like I said, I, I can imagine playing this online with friends or just playing with strangers for just a quick pick-me-up game can be great. I, I still love the dark stories to this game. Even the voice acting is pretty dang good at this game for what it is. And I, I still think the replayability for this game is great. It just takes a little bit to learn. But like I said, these each individual story isn't very long. Eight stages and it, it's it's still worth a play. Even if just you want to play one story, I think it's definitely worth a play. And I don't think it's very expensive for a game to pick up for a game that's twenty years, over twenty years old at this point. So, um, I would definitely recommend it to anybody who wants to try out a cart com combat series. It does make me want to try Twisted Metal Two now because of how everyone praises it. Just playing this right now kind of makes me want to tap back into a couple other cart combat games. With that being said, that's the show, everyone. Uh, but before I go, I want to give a chance to all our guests here to plug where we can find them online. So, Tim, why don't you tell us where we can find you online? 
All right. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. This has been a great time. Much, uh, many thanks to the host. And um, yeah, um, you can find me um, at Are You Okay? Um, that's a YouTube channel I do with my uh, cohort in crime, Kevin McNeil. It's H-A-R-U-O-K-A-Y. Um, you can find us on YouTube. We do like uh, top tens, lists, reviews, um, some other things, experiments. Um, we should have a new video or two out, um, hopefully by the time this, uh, between when we're recording this and when this episode actually comes out. I expect to have at least one or two more videos out. And um, yeah, we've, if you like things like, you know, top 10 Ninja Turtles games or uh, top 10 Super Nintendo fighting games, top 10 16-bit wrestling games or um, reviews of Gungrave or just lists of Game Boy games, we got you covered. Great. Thanks for being here, man. Oh, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I don't know if I should do this separately or just have you guys both go together because uh, uh, you guys are on the same podcast. So, uh, Ryan, Andy, do you want to tell us where we can find you guys online? Sure. Yeah, well, well, Andy and I do a podcast called Weekend Rental. Um, we're available at all your podcasty places. We do throw episodes delayed out onto YouTube. You can go to our YouTube channel, um, Twitter, X. For as long as that's around, we're on there. Um, and then I might as well plug, um, we have another podcast that's Patreon exclusive through the Geekade Podcast Network. That's G-E-E-K-A-D-E. -E -E. Um, and we do a monthly podcast about movies there. Did I miss anything, Andy? Nope, not really. Um, kind of the main reason we're on here because we also picked Twisted Metal Black for uh, our podcast, as we do a kind of a buy rent burn section where we kind of dissect the game decide if we like it we would rent it or if we would just burn it yeah thanks so much for having us on it's been mm -hmm. a blast and yeah i'm fired up too i want a new car combat game i love talking about this series thanks for helping me out guys i like to reiterate october's game of the month will be alien isolation if you're playing along or just want to discuss the game with us Make sure to let us know by using the hashtag Cartridge Club on whatever social media platform you frequent. For those of you wanting to get a head start in November's Game of the Month for the Cartridge Club, we'll be playing Spider-Man 2 for the PS5. December's Game of the Month for the Cartridge Club will be Celeste. If you're ever interested in being a guest on the show, please reach out to us. We're always looking forward to having new community members on to talk about the games they love. To those of you interested in supporting the club, beyond a review on the podcast app of your choice. I'd like to mention that the club is entirely funded by pledges made from other members in our community. We are extremely grateful to those supporters, and if you're interested in becoming one of them, please look on how you can do so at patreon.com forward slash cartridge club. As for myself, you can find me in the Cartridge Club Discord and on Twitter and Instagram with the handle of its rocket sauce. We look forward to hearing from you next month. CC Unite.
Could not foresee this thing happening to you. 